Welcome to another episode of our digitally remastered old-time radio shows from SolvedMystery.com. Visit our website for complete collections of your favorite old-time radio series. Remember to follow us so you won't miss new releases from SolvedMystery.com. The story of Cyrus Hall McCormick, a practical idealist who banished the specter of famine. His Virginia Reaper gave wheat to the world in large quantities, releasing thousands of men from the back-breaking hand labor of sickle and scythe reaping. And his philanthropies released an even greater number from poverty and ignorance. Our story opens in the little Virginia village of Steele's Tavern one day in July, 1831. Standing beside a queer-looking contraption is Cyrus McCormick, who was born not far from the village in the shadow of the Blue Ridge Mountains in 1809. His friends and neighbors are plainly pessimistic about what he is going to do, and the young man's father, Robert McCormick, approaches him for a last word. Well, Cyrus, are you ready to show everyone what your reaper can do? Yes, Father. I'll cut the six acres of oats this afternoon as easy as any. I hope it works as well here for the crowd as it did on our farm the other day. If it does, son, it'll mean that you succeeded in doing what I tried to do for 15 years make a reaper that really works. Well, seeing you work year in and year out gave me the courage to carry on, Father, to study the reasons for the failure of your reaper, to figure out the certain necessary principles. Yes, sir, the failure of your reaper was the foundation of mine. Men won't have to swing cradle size against a field of grain in the hot sun any longer. It's killing work. I know. I've had my share of it. How much longer do we have to wait to see your reaper, McCormick? Yes, McCormick's folly. <laughs> Sounds like our neighbors have much faith in my invention, Father. They laughed at mine, too, son, but I couldn't prove they were wrong. You can. Good luck, lad. Let's go. Now, thanks, Father. Now, friends, I'm ready to show you how my reaper works. You're going to see me cut this whole six acres of oats in one afternoon. <laughs> Reaping by horsepower? You see, you'll show us cows jumping over the moon next, Cyrus. <laughs> All right, you go ahead and laugh, but just keep your eyes open. Get up, Nelly. Ha, Daisy, ha! It's coming the oats. Look at it. It's working. At the rate he's going, that reaper will do the work of half a dozen men with size. Or 25 or 30 with sickles. Anyone afternoon, too. By golly, it's a wonder, that contraption. Contraption? That gentleman is the McCormick Virginia Reaper, a machine that's going to revolutionize farming. But it was some time before the elder McCormick's prediction came true. Laborers were hostile to it, claiming the machine was their rival in the labor market, though they toiled 12 and 14 hours a day for less than a nickel an hour. Cyrus McCormick was not discouraged. He displayed his machine. More and more people came to know about it, but somehow there were no buyers. The years 1837 to 1839 were the darkest in the McCormick history. Then one day in 1840, a stranger rode up to the McCormick farm. Howdy. Are you 
Cyrus McCormick? I am, sir. Well, I'm Abram Smith. I understand that you make the Virginia Reapers. I do, right here in this factory, Mr. Smith. Uh, can I show you one, explain how it works? Oh, don't need to. I saw your exhibition in Stanton last year. I think your Reapers are marvel. I want to buy one. You want a what? Oh, I want to buy one. They're for sale, aren't they? Why, yes. Yes, they're for sale, but... Well, what do you know about that? <laughs> What's the matter? Father, Father, come out here, quick. There's a man out here. Hurry up. I'm coming. What on earth are you so excited about? Well, look here, McCormick. What's the, what's the joke? Well, this reaper does cut the grain, oh, What's it? wrong, son? This man, this man here wants to buy a reaper. No. Yes, his name's Smith. Oh, let me shake your hand, Mr. Smith. Well, 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 well it is a pleasure, Mr. Smith. Well, howdy. Just... Say, why all this excitement just because I want to buy one of the Why, things? for years my son has had faith in the value of his reaper. And now at last someone really wants to buy one. You're a sort of pioneer, Mr. Smith. Well, if the reaper works on my farm like it worked in Stanton last year, he won't have to worry about selling them. Before the year's out, his worry will be in supply and the demand. Abraham Smith was right. His purchase moved others to buy. But it was not until McCormick improved his reaper so that it could cut wet grain as well as dry that sales really began to mount. And in 1844, Cyrus, seeing that the time had come when he must expand, looked toward the west to a central point where the reapers could be made and shipped. To Chicago, a community of barely 10,000 people came McCormick with the hope of building a factory. At 38... A tall, powerful man, we find him in the office of one of Chicago's first citizens, William B. Ogden. I don't know if you've ever heard of me or my invention, Mr. Ogden, but I'm Cyrus McCormick, and I've come out here to build my factory. Yes, I've heard of you all right, a harvester man. But why have you come here of all places? Chicago and the whole of Illinois is worn out with the drought and the floods. Why did you leave Virginia? Why did you leave your birthplace? Aren't you a country boy? <laughs> yes, I am. I was born close to a sawmill and christened in a mill pond. Yet you became Chicago's first mayor, promoted the first canal, and now you're building the first railroad from Chicago to Galena. Evidently, you have faith in the city, Mr. Ogden. <laughs> well, I'll have to confess that I have. And so have I. I could have gone to Milwaukee or Cleveland or St. Louis with my plan. They're all more prosperous than Chicago. But I'm thinking only of one thing, sir, the making and selling of my reaper. Chicago is the link between the Great Lakes and the Great West. The link between small business and big business. Hmm. What's your plan, McCormick? Well, I, I want to build my factory here, sir, because this is where I can best assemble my materials. Steel from Sheffield, pig iron from Scotland and Pittsburgh, and white ash from Michigan. And from here, I can ship my finished machines to both east and west. I, George, you may be right, McCormick. Your reapers might bring a flood of wheat into Chicago. It might give her the start she needs to become a railroad and shipping center. But I... I need financing to build my factory. You do? Well, I'll tell you what. I'll give you $25,000 for a half interest, and we'd start plans for that factory at once. Thus began McCormick's real campaign against famine. Advertising on a large scale and extending the farmer's credit soon flooded the country with the reapers. Cyrus McCormick never lost sight of his goal, and, aided by his wife, Nettie Fowler, 
whom he married in 1858, he worked on and on, taking his reaper to Europe and succeeding there beyond his wildest dreams. Then, just as there seemed to be no more fields to conquer, came the great Chicago Fire in out, Nettie. We conquered it, but Chicago's a mass of smoking ruins. Oh, here, sit down and rest. I've just seen the dreams and work of a lifetime go up in smoke. Factories a total loss. But your dreams aren't, Cyrus. No fire can destroy them. Life is a battle, isn't it, Nettie? <laughs> Are you just discovering that, my dear? No. I've tried my best to help my fellow men. Now I wonder if I'm getting tired of that battle. If you are, Cyrus, then why not retire from business? We have enough money. We have everything. What do you want me to do, Nettie? Well... Come on now, the truth. What shall I do? I want you to rebuild the factory. I knew that's what you'd say, Nettie. From the smoking ashes of Chicago, they'll build a sturdier, bigger city. And our factory will be the first to rise. But Cyrus McCormick had one more momentous decision to make. In 1880, William Deering placed on the market 3,000 reapers with twine self-binders. Instantly, the farmers all found fault with the wire-binding McCormick reapers claiming the wire injured the cattle. Everything centered on twine now, and McCormick, facing tremendous losses and recognizing the value of the Deering machine, called his competitor to his office one day. Mr. Deering, I asked you to come here for a very definite reason. I know. In fact, I was expecting to hear from you. Oh, that's so? Yes. You'd like to go into partnership with me, incorporating my new twine self-binder with your old-fashioned wire-binding Virginia Reaper. I wouldn't call my Reaper old-fashioned. It's been serving the world for a good many years and serving it well. Now, let's get down to brass tacks, McCormick. Your sales have debugged down to almost nothing since my machine appeared on the market. Now, you want me in as a partner. You have everything to gain by such a partnership. I have a lot to lose. Then you mean you won't consider a merger? I mean just that. I'm afraid you and your old-fashioned reaper are through. Sorry, McCormick. That's the way it goes. Well, good day. So, he thinks we're through, does he? Thinks I'm too old to fight for something I've devoted my life to. Well, we'll see about that. Mr. Gorham, come in here. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, what'd he say? Uh, how soon can we start making twine binders? Immediately. We can change from wire to twine in ten days. Then get busy, Gorham. I gave Deering his chance to share with me, but he turned it down. Now we're going to battle it out. I'll give him more competition than he ever thought possible. Gorham, I may be 71, but believe me, I'm just beginning to fight. <laughs> Thus began a trade war between McCormick and Deering that lasted until after McCormick's death. But Cyrus was always the winner. 
Deering was finally compelled to join forces with the McCormick Harvester Company, creating the biggest farm implement factory in the world. As a philanthropist, a man of great courage, fortitude, and kindliness, his name will live forever. Virginian by birth, Scotch-Irish by heritage, inventor, industrialist by profession, and humanitarian by nature. Cyrus Paul McCormick, Captain of Industry. Thank you for joining us and enjoying our digitally remastered old-time radio shows from SolvedMystery.com. Please remember to leave us a review and to follow us for frequent releases.